0: And welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and as you look at what's going on in the world, you can't help but realize that we are living in the last days. We need to put our trust in something that is eternal, not of this world. That is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. How do we do that? By getting to know him, by studying his word. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Nehemiah chapters 1 and 2. Ask God for the help you need. He answers fervent prayer. Rebuilding. Because we live in a fallen world, things fall apart easily. It could be a career, home, relationship, town, you name it. Nehemiah is blessed as he has the ear of the king of Persia. When God puts a calling on his heart, he risks it all to obey. Would you? Let's dig in. Nehemiah 1, Concern for Jerusalem. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah son of Hekeliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the twel- 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, uh, Han one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant, of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses if you are unfaithful to me i will scatter you among the nations but if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth i will bring you back to the place i have chosen for my name to be honored the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants oh lord please hear my prayer listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. the end of Nehemiah 1. Nehemiah 2, he goes to Jerusalem. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how could I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied. If it please the king, and if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah and please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sanballat, the honorite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, officially heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Nehemiah inspects Jerusalem's wall. Verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's wall, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So, though it was dark, I went up the cave-drawn Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how gracious, how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. And that's the end of Nehemiah chapter 2. All right, so here are some key points. The year is 446 BC, and Nehemiah is the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. It was his duty to taste the wine or other beverage before the king drank, just in case it was poisoned. He was a trusted servant of the king. He had to be. He was taking his life into his hands each time he tasted the drink. It's not like the people could elect someone else if they didn't like their ruler. No, they had to wait until his death. Hence, it was Nehemiah's job to protect the king against poisoning. When Nehemiah heard the bad report from Jerusalem, he fasted and fervently prayed. He praised God, confessed the sins of himself and his family, as well as the people, reminded God of his promise to bring the people back from exile. He asked God to grant him success. He was patient and waited on God to provide what he needed. It was four months from when he heard the news to when he left. Asking the king for time off was risky, never mind asking him for letters, financial support, to persons bringing materials, and an armed escort. No one in the king's court was ever allowed to be sad. Nevertheless, Nehemiah couldn't help being sad after he heard the news. Notice the short prayer Nehemiah prayed before answering the king. Pastor Sandy Adams commented, quote, it's not the length of a prayer, but the strength of the prayer that counts, unquote. He probably just said, help God, please God. How God answered Nehemiah's prayers, he softened the king's heart. The king allowed Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem and the king provided when Nehemiah needed. Note that when the king asked Nehemiah how long he'd be gone, we don't know the answer. Does he go back to serve the pagan king? Hmm, we'll find out. Now we want to click on over to my blog. I found um, kind of a a map or an image of um, what the Jerusalem city walls uh, looked like at that time. And um, I also found a picture of the Dung Gate, which is mentioned. uh, So you can see the large opening. So it it, it was a lot of wood. That they needed for these gates okay as part of god's promise to the jews zerubbabel was sent to rebuild the temple ezra rebuilt the people and nehemiah's calling was to rebuild the wall around jerusalem and um you know the gates were huge the original ones made of wood were burned in the final babylonian destruction of the city and the temple And that story is in 2 Kings, if you want to click on over to my blog, and you can check that out if you're not familiar with it. Nehemiah had a huge task ahead of him. Furthermore, he knew he was going to face opposition. Many times when we have a huge task in front of us, we can't see the real problem. It could be hidden by symptoms, pain, panic, or even fear. That's when prayer comes in. You can pray, God, grant me or us success. Grant me or us favor. I, we commit this task to you. Guide me or us through this task. Okay. You got to be specific in where you need God to help you. Paul wrote some great advice on prayer in Philippians four, starting in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Believe me, that works. So what is God calling you to do? There you go. Where's the gospel? Well, the purpose of the Old Testament is to proclaim the coming Messiah, Jesus. Where is he in today's story? Well, the folks that spoke in gospel reveal the message. And I quote, since creation, it has always been God's plan to have a home where he can live with us. That's what the Garden of Eden was, a home for God and his people. But just as it happened in the garden, God's people disobey and are separated from their home with God. Exile isn't just a political term, it's a spiritual reality. But God has made gracious promises to bring his people out of exile and back to himself. He even promises to transform the ruins of Israel back into a new Garden of Eden. But these promises can only come true when someone like Nehemiah is willing to intercede and obey on behalf of people who won't and can't. That leader is Jesus. Jesus is the leader who can fulfill all of God's promises. As Nehemiah interceded for the exile, Jesus intercedes for us. As Nehemiah obeyed on behalf of his people, Jesus fulfills the law for us. Like Nehemiah, Jesus sacrificed his high position to save his needy people. But just as God's right hand rested on the king of Persia to provide protection and provision for Nehemiah and God's people, God's hand rested on the authorities of Jesus' day. God protected and provided a home for his people, not with money, but at the cost of his own son. Willingly, Jesus gave up his authority to give us a home. Sacrificially, Jesus gave up his life to free us from our exile. Perfectly, he obtained to death, he, he obeyed to death so that, By faith, we can live as righteous natives in a new Garden of Eden. Let me read that sentence again since I screwed it up. (laughs) Perfectly, he obeyed to death so that by faith we can live as righteous natives in a new Garden of Eden. Jesus is the leader our exiled hearts need trust him and soon you will be home yes our home is not this earth our home is in heaven jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion he died so he could have a personal relationship with you and take us to heaven and he told us in revelation three twenty. look i stand at the door and knock if you hear my voice and open the door i will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. At the bottom of today's blog, I embedded... Um a worship song by Lauren Daigle called First. Seek Him First. Solido Gloria to God alone be the glory. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook. Catholic mission field in our backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know. Only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it. Totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today I also study from the New King James version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors and I've chosen three study Bibles that would be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great they're also great for the new Christian believer check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible Translating Ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the Word of God and help spread the Word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times. The last days, the end times, But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne.